Will you pray with me? As we prepare for the reading of the scriptures, Lord, prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voices but your own, that we may hear your word proclaimed, and also do it. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version in the Old Testament, Psalm 86, verses 1 through 10, and verses 16 through 17. Psalm 86, verses 1 through 10, and verses 16 through 17. Listen for God's word. Supplication for help against enemies, a prayer of David. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all day long. Gladden the soul of your servant, for you, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call on you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my cry of supplication. In the day of my trouble, I call on you, for you will answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and bow down before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You come alone, you alone are God. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the child of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor, so that those who hate me may see it and be put to shame. Because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading comes from Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 33. Listen again for the word of the Lord. A disciple is not above a teacher, nor an enslaved person above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house visible, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my father in heaven. 
But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my Father in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, through Christ. Amen. Fear not, trust God. Our text is relevant for us today. We live in a time of conflict, mistrust, and retaliation. Warring countries, mass shootings, a divided nation on every front, trauma and drama in our homes, and an overall lack of respect for humanity seem to be the norm and no longer the exception. We are living in a time of fear today. Fear for ourselves, fear for our children. We fear what is to come, the repercussions of speaking out silence many. There are a lot of reasons to live in fear these days. Christian mission is no different. There is always opposition, always danger, and always something to fear. Jesus said to his disciples in verse 16, I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves. Jesus does not beat around the bush by softening the truth and inevitability that trouble will come to those who follow him and are sent out in his name. He gives his disciples two analogies in verse 24 that speak to the certainty of persecution. First, he says, the disciple is not above the teacher. If the teacher suffers persecution, anyone following faithfully in their footsteps should not expect anything less. Second, he says, nor a slave above the master. Even if an enslaved person was better, was a better person, because they are subordinate, they could expect no better treatment than their master. How can a disciple expect an easier life of faithfulness when Jesus was persecuted? Jesus reminds his disciples that his grace is sufficient even in the face of great challenges. At the beginning of Verse 25, he said to his disciples, it is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. Walking like Christ is only sometimes comfortable, but it should be enough for us to be content with his place. Later in verse 25, Jesus says, if they have called the master of the house visible, how much more will they malign those of his household? Bezabul was a slanderous name. And although Jesus was never called Bezabul, a Philistine deity, meaning Lord of the Flies or Lord of Dung, it indicated not only his rejection, but associated him with satanic worship. 
the enemies of God do not play. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 24, the Pharisees charged satanic worship to Jesus and his miracle of casting out demons using the hateful name of Bezebel. If they refer to Jesus with this vile name in our faithfulness to the true master, we are going to catch everything but honey. But Jesus shared with his disciples that in spite of the fear they will face, they could trust God. He assured them in their unity with him, those who bring earthly fear have no real power. Jesus says in verse 26, so have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered and nothing secret that will not become known. While fear is a normal response to someone or something dangerous or thought to be dangerous, Jesus calls his disciples not to let fear silence their faith. In fact, the opposite is true. Because of the persecution, Jesus wanted his disciples to make a public proclamation of the goodness and faithfulness of God because one day there will be a collision between evil and the divine and everything would be disclosed and revealed in, in divine judgment. Those who have watched the movie The Matrix might call it the red pill moment, where the red pill represents seeing things how they really are, tension in mission, versus the blue pill, where things are seen as one desires them to be. Trusting God Jesus wanted them to share the good news. What is in the dark, tell in the light. What they heard whispered, proclaim it from the housetops. There is no situation or condition where God has shown us favor or revelation that should hold us back from telling it. We all know Christians are ridiculed, excluded, and threatened because of their faith. And this might be describing some of our experiences. The struggles in Christian discipleship are real and difficult. As Christ's disciples, we are called to continue his mission with the glad assurance of the full kingdom to come. Even the one who can kill the body, it ends right there. They have no power to kill the soul. If we're going to have fear, we do not need to be afraid of the minor danger that only evil people and Satan can bring us, for they have limited power. We are to fear the major danger, having a reverent fear that involves God's holy wrath against evil, but also that will allow his disciples to make a rich and meaningful life in the here and now, despite the persecution. Jesus is saying to us today as we share the good news in all the chaos, confusion, suffering, and death, trust God. When we confidently trust God, fear holds no power over God's love. 
Is fear silencing your faith? When we confidently trust God, we will share in Christ's mission. To share in Christ's mission is not an extracurricular activity or something we do once or twice a year. It is an, an intentional act of completing his work here on earth, no matter where we are or who we encounter. The hallmark of Christian discipleship is imitating Christ. And we can and should do this Monday through Sunday. We are called to interweave our imitation of Christ in all aspects of our lives, at home, at work, and in our communities. Sharing in Christ's mission might have us in some situations that might not be quite ripe to receive the word of God, but that's okay. This is when we turn to God, trusting that God is in control. The Marines had a slogan that said, the Marines are looking for a few good men. The implication was that it was enough to have a dedicated few to complete the mission. Jesus counts not on a few good men, but God-fearing men, women, and children to use our clear voices, helping hands, and open hearts to imitate his mission. Christian missions will encounter good times and some rough and tough times, but in the journey, it is enough to be like the master. And like him, we are to welcome the little ones, seek the lost sheep, and forgive those who have sinned against us. We ought to share the good news in words and actions. When we do, God will be glorified, but also we will pay the price. Not just the price of persecution, but the reward of receiving the gift of the forgiveness of sins, redemption, and growth in the love of God. Confidently trusting in God and sharing in his mission mean that we must have a sacred quest to behold Jesus' character to then joyfully, authentically, and courageously share God's saving grace with others. Praise the Lord that fear won't suppress the truth when we rely on God. Fear seeks to silence our hearts and keep the truth of the good news secret. But we must reveal the truth of God's transformative message. I've heard it said that the best part of a secret is telling someone, and how true is that? We all know someone that if we tell them a secret, it will soon become widespread. Personally, I don't believe anyone can keep a good secret. But Jesus reminded his disciples that everything in the last days would become public. Misdeeds will not remain hidden. Abuse of our neighbors will come to light. Gossip and slander will one day be heard. Evil's ugly head will one day show its face. Just as God revealed the truth to us, Christ is telling us to make God's love and message of forgiveness public.
We ought to start in our homes and then go out into the world. Some spaces will be easier than others, but Christ calls us to speak not with a spirit of fear, but with the boldness of faith. Wait on the Spirit to guide us to speak in love so that we can proclaim the peace that was told to us in the darkness of difficulty and proclaim the whispered hope of today and tomorrow to hearts searching for wholeness. However our mission might look, we are called to continue the work of Jesus, even John the Baptist proclaiming the kingdom of God. Jesus says in verse 7, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the good news, and we must tell it from the housetops. Housetops are places where we can proclaim what God has done, is doing, and will do for us, and are opportunities where we can trust God to bring out good from our persecution. Are you trusting God to be brave enough not to keep what you know about Jesus a secret? We can have fearless faith because God claims us. Even if it comes to physical death, God cares for his own. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was one of the few German pastors who had the courage to oppose and speak openly against the regime of Adolf Hitler. For that, for helping Jews escape and for plotting against Hitler, he was jailed, then executed in a Nazi German concentration camp. From prison, he wrote these words, those who are still afraid of men have no fear of God, and those who have a fear of God have ceased to be afraid of men. Jesus said in verse 28, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. While this might sound like a poor consolation, we can trust that we will one day be raised to eternal life with Jesus as we wait for Christ's return. Without a doubt, death is still painful and tragic, and we will all one day be touched by it. But when we walk and act in faith for Christ, we are promised to be awakened to new life. In the midst of our witness and service, we must trust in the living God. As Pastor Nelson reminded us last Sunday in his sermon on suffering and hope from Paul's letter to the Romans, we wait and watch for the full rain. And when it seems to tarry, we wait for it. Our waiting is not an idle waiting, but it entails learning to discern and lean into the movement of God's spirit here and now. Like the disciples who were firsthand witnesses to the wonder-working power of Jesus, we are called to share the miracles and blessings of our lives knowing that even when we are ridiculed and oppressed, Jesus holds us in his hands. 
as God keeps the sparrows from falling, which were considered of insignificant value and used as currency among the poor, Jesus keeps us and loves us who are unworthy and undeserving of God's love from falling by his grace. The song by lyricist Sevilla D. Martin and composer Charles H. Gabriel holds true. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he is watching over me. And I know he is watching over you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we do not have to fear in our hearts, but to trust God confidently and completely. We can trust God during the good times. We can trust God in the difficulties of life. We can trust God even in the face of death. We can trust God because it is not we who are great. God is great and cares about insignificant matters, even the hairs on our heads. When we confess Christ from the housetops in our lives, we will find true shalom, true peace, and be able to live into the love and reality of creating it for others. In our suffering, we become a new family of faith in the midst of, rather than instead of, that lives not in fear but trusting God as we follow Jesus. As we live today for Christ, in all we say and do, let us trust in God so that our hearts will be far from fear. Amen.